Well, welcome everyone to the Embracing Brokenness podcast. I have with me a good friend of mine, Scott Wozniak, today on the podcast, and I've been looking forward to this for a while. Uh, Scott is the CEO of Swaz Consulting. Uh, he's consulted with uh, leaders on, I think it was six continents, if I'm not mistaken, including Silicon Valley startups, multi-generation family enterprises, and Fortune 500 companies. Scott's a member of Mensa, an international high IQ society. No doubt, I can tell that in a hurry. Uh, <laughs> reads over 200 books each year, has written four of his own. His latest book, Make Your Brand Legendary, it debuted number one on Amazon, the customer category. So we're going to talk a little bit about that today, along with some other really cool things uh, that Scott has been doing, but also his own personal story. Just touch on that a little bit and get into some other times that he and I ministered together. Really fun, really fun conversation today. Uh, he's also spent eight years as an employee at the Chick-fil-A headquarters. Uh, working on company-wide upgrades, and though he is not an employee there anymore, he's regularly a consultant to their leaders. And that's kind of uh, says a lot about his what he brings to the table for sure. Before becoming a business consultant, Scott was a ministry leader from youth ministry to music ministry to serving as a senior pastor. So he understands the. Uh, differences between profit and the nonprofit world, and he'll share some of that with us today on the podcast. Uh, before all of that, Scott performed on stages all over the United States for 18 years as a child actor, including a Christmas special on NBC. Who knew? I'll have to look that one up somewhere. I'm sure that's in the archives. Scott lives in Atlanta with his wife, four children. In his spare time, he pushes his boundaries through a variety of extreme sports, from heliskiing to kite surfing. I didn't get that about that, but I will again sometime. Folks, uh, without further ado, I am thrilled to have Scott with me here on today's podcast. Well, Scott, hey, welcome to the podcast. I am so glad that we took the time for you and I to just spend this next however many minutes together just sharing some stories. Um, we met, gosh, now it's been, I went back and looked, 2014, June in yeah. India. Yeah. Man, that's almost 10 years now. That's amazing. That um, is crazy. How are you? It's so good that I'm so glad you could join us. Man, man back at you. I've uh, loved keeping in touch with you and what you're doing. And hey, maybe I can add a couple of thoughts and ideas to what you guys are doing at Broken, embracing brokenness and all that. I love it, man. So oh, I know you can. I know you can. That's why we're that's why we have you on. Uh so okay. So we have to remind our audience. Um of just how, since we're talking about brokenness, right? What did we experience in India? Was that just amazing? Wow. It really was um, on multiple levels, very impactful. Um, yeah. yeah. We, we were, I mean, the, we were there on mission. I mean, you were, you came from Atlanta. I think you were, you were mm -hmm. with Chick-fil-A at the time. I was doing some coaching, consulting work, some of the things you're doing right now. But when I think about just having the opportunity to, share our hearts and it was supposed to be sort of a little little business co conference right with Ravi a couple of them that we did but then when he took us out and we had a chance to just minister people in those remote villages what, what was that like for you I know for me it was just eye-opener yeah and uh, on, again multiple levels I mean there's the um, there's the whole poverty facing I mean you know we you can talk all day long about your your privilege and blessing of being born in this nation and and I'm grateful to God for all that. But then to go see what normal looks like for other folks, yeah, you can experience it as on a whole other level. Um, 
but but this honestly, it wasn't my first time that I've been on mission to a place where you know they're, they're lacking some of the fundamentals, like I mean, electricity and yeah. you know plumbing and some of those things you think are like, well, no, I mean, we're poor. Like, no, no, at least you you can turn on a TV and use a toilet, right? There's a whole other level of poor that doesn't have those options. Yeah. But then I have to tell you one of the more profound moments. You want to talk about brokenness? Yeah. I don't know if you remember this moment when we we ran across a group of untouchables i mean yes. they they officially the caste system has been ab abolished governmentally but functionally a lot of parts of the country they still treat people very seriously according to the caste system like it's yes. in their religious beliefs and so um we ran some folks literally we say untouchable you're literally not supposed to touch them because um it's a talk about messed up theology in this regard they believe their their trauma and their suffering is paying off karma from a past life and so anything you do to ease their suffering now will actually mean they have to suffer more in a future life and so you're supposed to let them go suffer as much as possible it's terrible it's unreal. and so like they just leave them in squalor and physically can't touch them and for us i'm as a picture i remember of us laying on hands on somebody and praying and them actually getting kind of a, a powerful god moment happened right there touching the untouchables who i mean i don't know how how do you put that in words how that just like shaped you man can't and that it's it's interesting because as i was going back and looking at some of the photos from from that trip before we were you know it's kind of prepping for us to get together that particular moment somebody captured it um where i i, I had the opportunity to lay hands on someone right and i i that's it it's like why would they let us do this it was a total god moment and we're just ministering and praying. And this particular woman, I recall, had night blindness. Now, I don't know if their healing came from that time we prayed, but uh, uh, Jay, a couple of people that we know were were huddled around Ravi. And, and this happened on multiple levels. I remember a little girl that kind of hid behind mom coming around and then just the trust level. There's no way. These people have... <laughs> and it was so impactful. I, I guess hugely for me, just the takeaway is, is you're right. The poverty is, is one thing, but just the spiritual brokenness that occurs mm -hmm. around the world that we don't even know about what I loved. And I think it was Jay was so, someone that prayed for that group. You remember this? Like mm -hmm. they got on their knees and I think they were, they mm -hmm. got their hands together like this. And from everything we could tell interpretation wise, because it was being translated, they accepted Jesus on the, on the spot. Right. Right. Oh, well, I mean, isn't this, I mean, that's the gospel, Steve, right? Yeah. We are broken in our, our poverty and no one will touch us. And then the father comes and says, I see you, you matter. I want to adopt you in the family. I mean, that, that kind of like touching the untouchable is the gospel. It and is so the gospel. It, it is the gospel yeah. because people, whether you're in poverty or, or you have a caste label next to your birth certificate. When you don't know Jesus, there is an, it's almost an untouchable thing, right? Yes. Yes. All right. Yes. I got it, it's just Holy a, Spirit goosebumps right there. <laughs> that's right. It was just a physical manifestation of what uh, happens here in the West. And, and you want to talk like, so for those who are more privileged, one of my more favorite quotes is actually from Jim Carrey, the comedian. And it's not yeah. a quote anyone expects him to say, but he said, man, I hope everybody becomes rich and famous so they can find out that it will not provide happiness or peace. Because I think that's what we keep thinking is if I could just get to that next level, get the the house, the title, the boat, whatever the, the money thing that we're saying, if I could just have that, then I would be okay. 
And, and he's like, dude, I got all that stuff and it, it isn't it. And so we get distracted by our, uh, our fancy plumbing and we think, Hey, we're not in poverty. We got this man. The brokenness is not about the stuff. Um, so those please Jesus, they did have a real connection to God and conversion and became you know believers in that moment. Yeah. If that's true, then they are more wealthy and satisfied than the wealthy American who's still trying to cover their brokenness with accomplishments and money. And hey man, you, you nailed it because, you know, what's, what's going to be great someday. Cause I do believe um, based on what feedback we got, even we're going to see them in heaven someday. Can you yes. imagine the storytelling that's going to go on there? <laughs> I mean, yes. so I, you know, part of me is like, well, I don't really think we'll remember all that step, the negative stuff here on earth, but Hey, you know, like there's a testimony in it. And as you and I are talking right now, like I, I, I it is critically important for any for, for any of our listeners, anybody paying attention to the conditions of the world we live in right now, right? We're in the we're in the days. Like we're mm. you know, I see that big map behind you, and I love that because it sure captures the breadth of the seven billion or whatever plus that are on this planet that don't yeah. know Jesus and the urgency of the moment. But there's not a fear for us, for believers in that. If you're really committed to this, um, it's just about telling your story and being authentic and helping people just like in their most broken state or in their, in their, in a place where they can hear, because so often we do get stuck in this place where we believe we have the answers, especially here in Western culture, like in America, you know, mm. we don't, yeah, we, even the, the, the most poor among us are much richer than probably 80% of the world, you know, right? Yeah. So yeah, that's exactly um it. man, what a great way to kick this off. Thank you for for helping me recall some of that because it was just mm. such a such a blessing. And I hope um we can just keep that in mind as we walk out out this journey in life. But uh you have been journeying a bit since we've been together. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, wow. Um from Chick-fil-A to Swaz Consulting to writing. How many books now? What do you have? Four now. Four. Yeah. Uh, the latest being, all right, I'm going to pitch it. I'll hold it up. Here it is, everybody. Nice. Make your brand legendary. So by Scott Wozniak, see that? That's my friend right there. See? <laughs> <laughs> and I'll tell you what, you know, this funny, Scott. I um, You probably know this because you're an audio audible listener is more than a reader, I guess. Um, probably, though, you're like force X speed. I'm... <laughs> I'm still I'm still working my up way up to two and a half. Nice. I listened to this uh, sitting on the beach <laughs> in, in yes. the, on, in, during vacation. I absolutely loved what you're doing, and I want to talk a little bit about that today. Uh, so people that want to kind of engage with your uh, what you're doing, and uh, even in um, in their own leadership in their own world. Um, but I first I don't know. Part of me would like to hear a little bit more about kind of your spiritual journey and, and how kind of how you came to be uh, a successful consultant. You had a corporate career, things changed for you. Walk us through that a little bit, if you will. Yeah, man. Um, yeah. And it's funny because uh, I, what I'm doing, I really believe is my ministry, um, mm -hmm. but it's not what most people, in fact, I've had people ask me why I left the ministry to do this stuff because yeah. Yeah. I used to work full-time for 501c3 nonprofits, um, Christian ministries, right? I mean, that's, I'm actually ordained. I mean, I've got, I did the whole deal. Yeah. Here's what happened, Steve. So I, I, so long story short, 
Um, when I was in my twenties, I really got serious about like, I want to make a difference for the world and get, and I was doing other things with my life and career. And I was like, you know, I really think I'm, I grew up in the family that loved God. I always, as a young boy, I got saved and always had a general sense that I was do something for God, but I'll go do my career and then kind of give God glory. It was my original plan. And then, then it was like, no, I'm all in on the purpose of God. So I better go work for ministry. So I started with focus on the family and then went to a a sports camp and then uh, churches became a youth pastor, then senior pastor. And so, however, I say all that to say worked for a variety of ministries and I worked for some really nice guys who loved God and were terrible leaders. Mm-hmm. Um, they meant well. They, they And I was talking to a mentor. It's not a moral failure. It's not a theological problem. Like they're not even mean, like they're nice guys, but <laughs> we are struggling here. And I didn't even have words for it. And so somebody gave me a business book. And at first I was like, um, listen, I'm like a ministry guy. Like I don't do this accounting stuff. We don't right? cross over. We don't do business. Nah, <laughs> thank nah. you. Thank you. I'm much more holy than that. Right. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, man. <laughs> and so, but they're like, just read the book. And honestly, when I finally cracked it open, I stayed up till 2am reading that book. Like it was a novel because I finally had words to describe the struggles. It was a leadership book, right? Sure. Leadership and systems and strategy. And, and I was like, oh my gosh, this and this and this. And again, not moral problems, but strategic problems. And so I started reading all the books I could get. Conferences joined the the CD of the month club, if you remember that stuff from John <laughs> Maxwell back oh, in no. the day. Mine was cassettes. That's how old <laughs> yes. I am. Yes. <laughs> Maybe yeah. even eight tracks. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, yeah exactly. They uh, they mailed you something uh, <laughs> crazy. So yeah. But I, I really got passionate about this. And so there was a, at first I was learning it for myself, trying to figure out how to become a better leader. And then honestly, the more I learned, the more frustrated I got because, I mean, I, I'd gone to seminary and done some of this stuff, Stephen. It, yeah. it was a wonderful experience and I learned nothing about leadership. I mean, they teach you Greek and Hebrew and church history and yeah. missiology and all these lovely things. And then they put you in charge of a multi-million dollar company and say, company, right? It's a, it's a nonprofit, but it's, it's a company. There's money, there's budgets, there's teams, there's facilities. And they're like, good luck. Yeah. And you're like, I could exegete this passage for you. Like, what does it have to do with staff meeting? <laughs> nothing, nothing. So so the wrestling of this, I'm putting my fist up in the air and I'm shaking my fist to God one day. It's not right. The kingdom's held back for bad leaders. and Somebody should be doing something right. And it's like the Holy Spirit just elbowing me hard. Like, yeah, yes, somebody maybe should do something. <laughs> I'd love that. So this is, this is, I think, my ministry and my calling yeah. Yeah. is to come alongside the leaders of the kingdom and help them build. They have the grand vision. They have the heart. But they don't know how to execute it. They don't have the systems, the the engine to the yes, to the book yes, metaphor. Yes. Now. This notion of even creating raving fans. Let's create raving believers. You know. Yes, yes, yes. So we have a version of the the engine that's in the book that I I use for Christian ministries. We call it cultivating radical disciples. Um, I like it. And so yeah, the the businessy term is raving fans, but mm-hmm. the. The ministry heart is, hey, maybe who are they raving fans of? Well, they're raving fans of God, right? They're all in talking about Jesus. I mean, all the behaviors you would think for a cool, quote unquote, customer of God was like, yeah, (laughs) they they do all the stuff. They engage regularly. They tell everybody, come check it out. You need to become part of this too. Mm -hmm. So it's the same fundamentals. Um, But maybe I'll add one last bit to the story. I was originally thinking I would be a consultant to ministries. 
Okay. Well, I go to get a master's in leadership. And I mean, this is 20 plus years ago, mm-hmm. uh, 23 years ago now. Yeah. And the only place I could find was a business school. So I'm, I'm first, I'm like, ah, I mean, necessary evil. In order to learn leadership, I got to do this businessy right. stuff. And in the process of that two years of getting my master's in business, honestly, I had between a combination of some friends and my own research and papers, I was trying to define the difference between like, ministry leadership and business leadership. And when I got down to it, Steve, I was like, it's just human leadership. Um, And and you use the discipleship frame, the ability to do life on life impact in a business context as a manager is profound. Honestly, as a pastor, if I got two hours a week with somebody, that would be an epic mentoring relationship. But as a manager, I would have 20 hours of life on life impact a week with my team, each person. And so the the opportunity to do ministry there. So then, and and then bring us full circle. Yeah. My friends included the, I happen to go to high school with the family that owns Chick-fil-A. So back then, right? I'm like, hey, I'm going to go off and you know, change the world for God. Good luck with your little restaurant company. Hope you guys make it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Some small little family, Kathy family <laughs> or something. Oh, yeah, I forget. They're going to make it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> So they eventually were like, wait, what are you doing now? And maybe you should come do that for us. And so it's hard to argue that Chick-fil-A is not doing ministry with what they're doing. And so that kind of opens the door of saying, I I mean, I do work with ministries, but I work with people like Chick-fil-A and construction companies and legal firms who feel like the work they do is the way they serve their people and make the world a better place. And it's like, okay, I I can get behind that. Uh, I can help them do it. So so long story short, um, I'm still in ministry. I just don't get 501c3 tax benefits anymore. Um, well, uh, yeah, I'm not so sure that that's as important as it used to be, right? I don't know. <laughs> they keep bringing the that's standard fair. deduction. Maybe it's not going to be as important. I don't know. But I'll tell you, it, here's the thing about what that story you told, and I agree with you. I couldn't agree with you more because I've been in churches where you've and, – and in organizations, um, 501c3, that have um, failed in the – to train their the founders sometimes that's difficult founders need to train themselves too but Mm -hmm. just to understand the importance the critical nature of of leadership you know my uh, colleen my wife was um on a leadership team at um at a mission here in lancaster and i could see it firsthand you know most of my career was just in in for-profit for business and so when i left uh left that i don't know how many years four or five years ago god called me to do this full-time it was um yeah, it was a big change, but um, I'm managing one, right? It's it's not too yeah. difficult when you're used to managing yourself anyway. But you can see the the need for what you're doing. I mean, bravo, because, um, man, you just see how many ministries fall on their face just from poor leadership or inability to bring together the, 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 the kingdom resources. Because we're all kingdom resources, right? And God That's assembles it. us. He's assembled your team at, at the consulting organization. He assembled the team at Chick-fil-A and they're still going strong, I think. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, I keep looking though. Like I get hungry on Sundays and I go, oh, it's after church. Let me go to church. No, I can't go to Chick-fil-A. I have done the exact same thing. <laughs> so I actually have a business plan for a company called Chick-fil-B, and they're only oh, open on Sundays. Nice. Killing. Do you need a partner? I'm in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's some legal hurdles we're going to have to get over. Yeah, right yeah, we might. We might. They might yeah. object a little bit. But uh, so um, you had a, a little bit of a proving ground then. So you had the opportunity to go to Chick-fil-A, right, for, for a period of time. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm sorry, how years. did that, how did that, how many years? I'm sorry. What? 
I was there for eight years, actually. Eight years, so, yeah. right? So that's, that that helps set in motion some of what I'm, I imagine even today has given you sort of some some technical and underpinning from going from almost nothing in terms of understanding this, right? So how, what what do you what was your you know as you I'm sure you had some great stories, but what comes out of that for you? And then we'll get into what you're doing today too. Yeah. It- it was not uh, incidental. It was exactly the work I'm doing then is kind of what I'm doing now. So th- when I we talked to them, I was like, listen, yeah. I don't know anything about restaurants at the time. Now I, right. I know a couple things, but yeah. at the time I, I was like, I, I mean, I'm not a restaurant guy. I'm not sure how I could help. And they said, we have those. What we need is this kind of macro strategy. So my title ended up being organizational effectiveness consultant. I was W2, but like bounced around the company, didn't, didn't work with yeah. just one team. And literally, we would do strategic planning and say, hey, how can we make this thing better? And most of uh, you know, plans like you know, 5% more, we're just going to keep marching forward. But they'd pick sure. one or two things a year and say, let's totally upgrade that, rethink this thing, start a whole new. And But they didn't just say, let's do it. They said, Scott, and I had a team. I was a part of a team. And yeah, they said, yeah. go figure this out. And I would spend half the time of my year traveling the world, going inside other companies, said, who's the best in the world at this? Well, let's find them. Let's go hang out with them. Let's work with them. Go in behind the scenes, see how they do it. Yeah. And the other half of the time was come back and lead some sort of upgrade for Chick-fil-A. So I s- literally studied the great brands, the legendary brands. And then I brought that information back to Chick-fil-A. So I did that for eight years, wrote a couple books. You know, people had me start speaking on the side. And then it was kind of a God thing where he just put a series of things in my path and said, I- I'm calling you to leave Chick-fil-A to go help these people. And honestly, I loved my time at Chick-fil-A. Was, oh, yeah, that uh, had to be a tough decision in some way. Very ways. difficult and decision. A, and a risky uh, one, right? A little bit risky. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Except- man, I, I had the dream set up because I could go do crazy entrepreneurial stuff on a salary. I mean, it was like, it, it was, you know. And for a pretty decent company, yeah. Oh, <laughs> with my friends. I mean, I grew up I with know. these folks. These are like, so then God says, yeah, it, Peter in the boat. He kept putting the story, yeah. Peter in the boat, get out oh, of wow. the boat. This wow. is on the water. And I keep wow. saying to the Lord, like, you know, it's a really nice boat. I mean, like we got friend, we got lunch. It's like a cruise ship. Like you want me to get out of the cruise ship and, 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 and sink like the Titanic? Yeah, yeah. No, no, and I don't want to do water. That. Like there's no guarantee. Like Jesus, how about you come hang out in the boat? This will be oh, great, right? Yeah. And, and Steve, maybe this will be um, relevant for some folks there, but I, I prayed through it. I kept putting out these fleeces like, Lord, if it's you oh, yeah. do this and he kept doing it. <laughs> and at some point it was just really clear. The Holy Spirit convicted me and said, you know, this is me. And, the, and he had, here's this question. It came up in my quiet time one day. And dang it. Uh, this was a rough moment because he said, listen, you know, this is me. So the, here's the question, Scott. Do you want to stay in the comfortable boat or do you want to walk with me? Now, Steve, how do you answer that question, right? Like, dang it. Uh, I well, I answered that you. myself a few years ago and I know it's a hard one to answer. Yeah, yes. man. Like there's no security out here. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Well, and here's what God kept saying to my wife and I, because I had my wife involved in this process. Yeah, of course. I thought that was my trump card because yeah, I'm the right. entrepreneur, but I mean, she's not. So I was like, right. So she's, she's saying, no, no. Right. Like, so I'm thinking, I'm, I'm, I'm in. Like, this is never going to be good with this. So here's how my wife comes back to me. She goes, Scott, I've really been praying about this. And God just keeps saying to me, is your trust in me or your trust in Chick fil A? Like, where's your security in? And like, dang. I think uh, we know the answer to that question. But. Exactly. <laughs> like, I guess we're going to trust God's goodness. Uh, on it. <laughs> so it has been a roller coaster. There have definitely been uh, scary moments. 
But can I tell you that every year God has done more than we thought we were going to do? Um, yeah, like he is faithful, man. And yes. uh, and when I, I think he loves to put us in places where we we can't do anything but trust in him. I mean, I kind of wish he didn't. But if you read through the Bible, right, it's like last second rescue after last second rescue. It's Sometimes like in the case of Lazarus, it's like he waits for it to be over and then rescues you. Oh, like, yeah. Yeah, he even, he rescues us when we do stupid things, let <laughs> yes, alone yes. let alone when we follow him, right? Yes. <laughs> so, like following him is always is always a rescue waiting. Uh, you, uh, you know, I've been tracking with you uh, since w when we first met. You were at Chick Fil A doing what you described, right. and right. and since I've and just for the audience' sake, I've been tracking with Scott ever since then, and and it's an amazing story, uh, one that I I have a feeling there might be something written about that someday too. But there's there's other work to do in the meantime. But right. really to to watch the um watch God's hand in it all mm. for you, uh and your faithfulness and your wife and your family and just behind it. Um it's just just I'm gonna give God the credit, although he gave you the talent, skills, and ability, and he purposed you, right, from day yeah. one before yeah. you even <laughs> were formed, right? So here right. you are living out your purpose, and I think probably had you not chosen to make that move there would be more regrets than oh um, 100% and and let me just call this out clearly um for embracing brokenness here right yeah it was in my brokenness there was a lot of pain i kind of casually like oh you know worked for some bad leaders nice guys like it it was it was traumatic emotionally some of the stuff we went through um splits of ministries and like friends betraying people and no longer talking and and it was brokenness and mm -hmm. it is out of that brokenness that god showed me my calling and all the joy and satisfaction of what i get to do now what i was made for yeah came out of me saying because honestly a lot of times at the moment people said to me because honestly steve i was one of those bad leaders mm -hmm. um i was i'm naturally a, a, a aggressive crazy visionary with very charismatic and great with words, but like details and like, yeah. oh, like, yeah. and and so I had people really complaining about me. And a lot of advice I got was, well, Scott, maybe you should skip all this leadership stuff. <laughs> Go be an independent author speaker. You're a nice guy. You have cool ideas. Don't bother with all this stuff. And it was very tempting. And yet God kept calling me to say, no, lean into this brokenness because in this is not only healing but what do you know? It's in our brokenness that we find our purpose. Oh, and and you know the funny thing about what you just said is you get to do those other crazy things like speak and write too. Yes, yes. <laughs> right in parallel with with your leadership and your, the skill based things that you're doing over here on this team with this team and watching it. So see how God, you get to do like He gives us the desires of our heart. It's what you it's what you're made to do, Scott. We were That's talking right. about that before we even started recording. Like there are. Per, uh, personalities and traits and skill sets and and what's sewn into us from day one i'll tell you what um you're in it and it's been great to watch it from uh from a little bit from afar i mean we don't see each other very often we wave at each other a little bit here and there but right. I, I gotta tell you i um it's inspiring it's encouraging because um you said something about <clears throat> sort of living out of these broken spaces you know one of the things that um that we have found, we 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 uh, we checked into did a little research even when we started the ministry, and we found Barna did um, a study. Oh, it's a decade ago, uh, and he he and this is no small sample size. He's like fifteen thousand people he interviewed, mm 
Like he literally interviewed them and he had questions. He wrote a book called um, Maximum Faith, Live Like Jesus. And it's um, it kind of chronicles this entire study. It took him six years to do it. Mm. And he's trying to tar- put this um, together. Like, what is the transformational journey for a believer really look like? Is there, mm-hmm. there's there's a process, right? We we have we start with ignorance of sin. We don't even know it exists. That's everybody, and then we get to eventually accepting Him. Um, and then along the way, somewhere about midpoint, uh, we start working for Him. Right? There's a there's a a works oriented still in every one of us because as guys mm-hmm. it's all about performance, mm-hmm. people pleasing. Like that's the world we live in. So we get stuck in this works oriented place. So we don't get beyond what he calls stop five very often without some level of brokenness taking place in our life. Mm. So there's a there's a personal brokenness and then there's a surrender. So we we it starts with almost this discontent. Like we yeah. we we we're working and working, but we're getting nowhere, right? It's on the hamster wheel. Cause because like, no, it's not Jesus plus. It's not Jesus plus this, it's Jesus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and right. then we live out of that, out of that, that relationship. And what he found was that when that discontentment came, we have one of two directions. We can stay stuck or we can go, wait, like, Lord, there's got to be more, right? So you're here you are and some of the things that you're doing in ministry and you're watching this kind of bedlam embedded in it because that happens. First of all, when there's people involved, there's human beings, there's always going to be that, right? It's why you do what you do. That's right. Encouraged your unity is really the, the devil is really good at creating disunity, just Look back a couple of years. That's right. <laughs> and we're still dealing with it. Mm-hmm. Your, your phone should have been ringing off the hook a couple of years ago because it was just bad, like yeah. really bad. And it's bad now too. It just started to, you know, it shows its ugly head. But I think later what what, what Barna found on, in this uh, study was that this place that ultimately we land when we address our brokenness, when we really live out of, of, of our true self, not the one that we create, this kind of fake phony exterior that we have, we can develop this profound love for him that goes beyond our understanding. Mm-hmm. And then that gets transferred to others because those greatest commands, right? Mm-hmm. That Jesus gave us. And so what I'm seeing and hearing you say right now is that you walk through some stuff and you were able to get through that in ways that God showed up in a huge way in your life. And here you are. And and so, I don't know, I, as I think of um, kind of just all that, every believer deals with in their journey is so critically important. It's part of what we do as a ministry is to encourage people to go into their healing journey, go into the, t- the tough spaces that we're not, that we don't like to examine. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And you were willing to do it. So bravo yeah. again, I'll give you a hand. Yeah. Well, yeah. Willing uh, slash forced. <laughs> Oh yeah. I forgot about that part too. Yeah. Yeah, But um, so, so tell it you're, so you're on a different mission. It's no, it's the same mission, just different, different circumstances. Right. Right. That's right. Um, What's it, what's life look like now for you consulting wise? um, Uh, It just keeps growing. Uh, We've got 18 folks on the staff now. So there's a whole pile of things beyond um, the solo days when I was just trying to figure it out. Um, And what we do is we help people build legendary brands or high impact ministries. We've got a hundredfold fruitful ministries, right? Uh, Let's not just get fruitful. Let's get a hundredfold fruitful. So, um, and and it's this engine stuff. I mean, we, you know, to get into a little bit of the nuances of what those are, it's things like 
customer insight. Do you really know the people you serve? Uh, most people just have facts, not not insight, right? They know the surface data. They don't know really understand who they are as humans, what's going on in their world. And then you show up with operational excellence because what we've learned is that the first thing people are asking is, can I trust you? Mm-hmm. And all the fancy stuff doesn't matter unless they can trust you in the fundamentals. And that's that's not the wild, fancy, cool stuff. I mean, that's the that's the fundamentals of operational excellence. And that changes for each ministry or business. What What is your fundamentals? But it's not a long list. There's usually four or five things. So you'd say, you know, in the restaurant world, we got to have hot, tasty food, clean space, right? Like friendly people. Um, you know, if you, you make a content, if you're a content ministry, mm-hmm. like the content has to be thoughtful and insightful. You have to post on time, right? You can't, um, you know, skip three months and it's just the fundamentals, right? Um, so the basic stuff, do we get the basics done? And then then we move to making personal connections. So we personalize service is what we talk about. How do you help people figure out how to make a connection where they see, feel seen, feel heard? Like the question they're asking is, do you care about me? Like me in particular, or am I just another generic transaction for you? And so they're looking for somebody to notice them and value them. And then if you've done all that, you kind of get to this last level where you get to create what we call memorable moments. This is how you get people to rave about you, to talk you create a story worthy opportunity where they're saying, and I got to talk about this. And, and so, so how do we create that? What do those look like? But, but underneath all of this is not um, uh, noble aspirations. It's systems. It's here's the tool. Here's the measure. Here's, here's three or four options for your industry or category. And let's kind of build a team and tools that allow you to do this. That's the engine metaphor. It's repeatable okay. things that you just show up. So, so it's the irony of this, Steve, is the stuff that I was terrible at I, because I had to learn every single step of building systems. Well, dang it, I can teach you how to build systems because sometimes I found the people who are instant masters, like they're naturals, yes. they don't know how to explain it, right? They're like, right. I don't know, you just you just show up and everything, you, you just no, don't forget. We were talking to one of my daughters um, last night. Uh, she missed a homework assignment and she was like frustrated and discouraged and I didn't know. And like, you know, so we're, we were doing the makeup work, but I was like, listen, I can help you figure this out because I'm the kid that missed homework assignments. Cause I, (laughs) I, like what, like I get it. My wife actually is less helpful in these moments because she just has a natural systematic brain. She's like, I don't understand. You just, you know, how did you miss a homework assignment? And I was like, Oh no, I understand. (laughs) So I can help you. So, so again, it, This is what we do. We teach people how to put the systems in place so they can go to the next level. Our goal is not to do it for you. It's to teach you how to do it. So what is, that's the content. Now this might be interesting to some of your folks, whether they're in my category or not. If that's the message, that's the way we help people. The method is a range of them. So um, on one end, we have just uh, no humans involved, easy access stuff. We've got a book that just came out. We've got a podcast, a newsletter. We have an online course. Like there's these things that you can do that allow, it's low cost. Some of them are free, right? The podcast is free. And you can hop in on these things and see what's going on. And then you start sliding up the scale on more humans, more time, more expertise. And of course, they get more expensive as a result. (laughs) Yeah, well, more Um, interaction, right? Yeah, exactly. You get this more personalized, nuanced Mm -hmm. stuff. So I'll do training uh, or my team. I've got a team. Five of us are traveling speakers. We'll go to people's events and and do virtual things and we'll we'll speak. 
we'll then do sometimes a deep assessment of a company where we'll um we'll actually spend like six to eight weeks getting to know you, your team, your customers, your people you serve, show up on site, watch your services. I mean, it depends on what we're, we're evaluating and right. we'll do a deep assessment of you. And then we come back and say, okay, here's where you're strong. Here's where you might be missing some things. Here's a custom strategic plan to get there. And then once in a while, some of those folks even say, hey, we want you to stay around and help us build this. Like that cool plan we just laid out. Yeah. What if you spend the next year or two and help us stand up all those pieces and actually put those systems in place? So that's what we do. So some days I am traveling to Los Angeles to speak at a conference and other days I'm in Charleston, South Carolina, rolling up my sleeves, joining a company to help them figure out their next plan. Uh, and then other days I'm back here in the home office reporting another set of videos for online stuff. So it's a uh, it's a lot of variety, which is actually exactly what I need. It's exactly what you need. What we... <laughs> yeah, you know me. I, I do I don't, know uh, you. Um, I don't. We're not... I don't stay in a steady routine very well. Like I gotta constantly be trying something different. So no. Uh, uh, yeah. um, there are aspects of what I see in you. My, like, Colleen is a similar way. Um, I think she would put herself in the ADD spectrum somewhere. I think just, I, I am not officially diagnosed, but I've totally claimed that. Like, yeah. 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 But you know what I love about it is like, Oh my gosh, it's like spaghetti brain. I can hang though. Like I can totally hang with that. Cause it's me some days too. Right. So I, uh, man, you know, there's so much here we could go on for a while, but I want to, um, um, want to help this be relevant for people listening because we have a variety of people in business sure. leaders. We're all leaders. I mean, whether it's our own home or, or in, right. in business or in some other capacity ministry. But what I, um, what I really appreciate about this and I learned, I look, there's so much, and I'm going to hold it up again, guys. Um, get your hands on it because make your brand legendary. Uh, I think I might've even uh, be looking to title this podcast, make your, brand legendary live like jesus <laughs> okay yeah. so so oh, that's great yeah yeah so um i don't know that probably is not fully possible living like jesus but there's a there's a goal in life i was gonna like, say it's at least the the compass heading we're all pointed yeah so, someday we'll be made we'll be made perfect in him when we sh when he we see him face to face but in the meantime though he calls us to a different level of um yeah. i don't know commitment towards him and towards others and this is really about because you know subtitle create raving fans with a customer experience engine. Okay, so that's that's just how we should be living our life. Like the raving fans we're creating is for Jesus, not just for not for a business necessarily or for, but in the context of what He purposes us to do, I want to create raving fans for the ministry's message. And drawing them in for you, what you do is ministry. There's no question what everyone, if they're believers, do is ministry. It's yeah. whatever you get up in the morning and your feet hit the ground, you're in ministry, whether it's with your spouse or your kids. Like, how do you lead? How do you lead out of all of that? And so I I will encourage everybody to get their hands on this, but I can clearly want them to try to engage with you on other levels, if at all possible, because I learned so much from it. Uh, because now I'm going to ask you the question, uh, what did you learn most when you were putting together all of this? And I'll say writing the book, because that's the freshest thing in your mind. And you did a fantastic job at, at getting this message out there. I think it's the number one on number categories. So uh, people but will have no trouble finding it. Uh, what What did you, what was one of your big takeaways from this that you may not have expected? There's a lot, but 
I, I think probably the most personally impactful um, takeaway out of this whole process yeah. was that if you look far enough down the road, there really is no conflict between the noble path and the the high productivity, high pro- profit path. Mm-hmm. And, and sometimes it feels like this is the tension, right? Like I'm trying yeah. to be, uh, I, I want to be noble for God. And, and it feels like that's super generous, but also um, falsely, uh, maybe it's just me. I had this tension in my mind, like, well, listen, I'm going to make money and I'm going to be accomplished and I'm going to grow a team and we're going to hit our company goals or, or even ministry goals. Like we're going to grind it out. Like, no, no, no. That's being a jerk. Loving like Jesus loved means that I have no goals and we don't push hard. And, and what I actually found is if you look far enough down the road, the most noble thing you can do is the most productive thing and most yes. profitable thing you can do. And there really isn't a conflict. Now, short term, it might seem that way, but long term, like if you pour into people, if you show up with trust, if you figure out how to make them feel seen and heard, if you give them a chance to feel like, man, there's a moment where I feel special and honored and valuable and noticed, right? And and you do all that with a steady, regular excellence. Is that what I'm doing? Because I'm trying to build my followers and create processes. And or is that what I'm doing? Because I'm trying to make people's lives better and bring glory to God. And it becomes like, well, well, yes. I mean, it's the exact same things that you do. You don't have to um, pick. You don't have to walk away from, hey, I'm not that noble because I'm really you know, trying to be excellent. Or, hey, I'm not really going to push for, this is a mistake I see in ministries a lot. Like it's for Jesus. Yeah. So yeah. we yeah. we don't have to worry about the, the excellence. They're like, no, no, no. It's the other way around. It if it's for Jesus, is. We should be showing up with yes. more excellence yes. than the world brings. Yes. Um, and and it's this beautiful fusion that like, again, you have to lift your eyes up and look far down the road. Short-term perspective doesn't work. But the long-term view with the view of eternity working backwards, man, this kind of excellent service yeah. is what we do to make lives better, bring glory to God um, and, and bring it in. And I think you can apply this in any job, the details of how you apply it might be different than me, than one of the next listener, but like, yeah, this is what we do. We show up with operational excellence. We make personal connections and we create moments where other people have memorable moments where they feel like a hero. They feel valued. And we do that by listening and understanding them. I mean, like, I mean, is that good business or is that good ministry? Oh, like, well, yes, yeah. both, because what you just described is even how Jesus walked out his life. Right. Agreed. Agreed. I mean, come on. There, there is never, you'll never see in history a better leader than, than God himself, right. but Jesus in the flesh. I mean, fully man, fully God. So he has all the um, feelings, the emotions, the input that every one of us does around us. He feel he felt the betrayal. He felt yeah. the, the, the tension in, in his inner circle and beyond and had to navigate all of that. But boy, did you give us a, a nugget that people must hold on to because there, we create this tension in our life when, when, when it's either, it's, <laughs> it's either God's way or the world's way. And mm. no, like the world's way doesn't have to be it, the, the merger of excellence and profitability allows us to continue to do what God's called us to do. I think where the, where, things get sidelined is when self enters the picture. And so, mm-hmm. you know, when we are, when our attitude and our motives trump 
God's plan. So when mm-hmm. I say, look at me, uh, not mm-hmm. what I'm putting first, which is in ministry, all of what God has and in business, it's the people we serve, right? Yeah. It's yeah. all about what you're telling us here is that we're serving, we create, we're creating raving fans because we add value in some yeah. way to their life or their yeah, existence. We do it for them, not for us. Now, yes. this yes. is the beauty of the get God's kingdom. If we yeah. pour into other people and we do so with excellence, that takes care of us. And it's exactly. a beautiful byproduct. Oh, absolutely. But 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 if you you're right, if you start by saying, How do I get mine? That's the short term. How do I make sure I get what I want and feel good about myself? Then, then you you lose both. Not only do they not get served, you end up not being able to build anything that's sustainable. And it's like if you show up with excellence for them in the long term, it comes back and you are be more than taken care of. That's the cherry on top, folks. In case you were wondering, there it is, because that is the message that that Scott and I intended to to come away with today for you. I knew it because I read about it. Yeah, (laughs) I'm going to remind you again. Here it is. (laughs) Shameless pitch for you, buddy. (laughs) Um, man, this has been so helpful. I know that. uh, I'm taking away much. I'm sure our listeners, our audience will too. We're on video too. So we will get to watch. Awesome. Scott, t- tell folks as we wrap here, tell folks, how can, um, how can they get in touch with you? Like what, what is, how do they, how can they get their hands on the book? How can they connect with you in your business? Even if on the ministry side of it, right? So right. yeah, sh- share with us. What, what, what can they well, do? The to- easiest way to see information about me, the podcast, the book, even my company, all that fun stuff just go to my website, which is scottwozniak.com. That's S-C-O-T-T-W-O-Z-N-I-A-K.com. Uh, and that there you'll have links to all the stuff that I'm doing, the free stuff, um, you know, the book links to Amazon, Barnes & Noble, all the places you can get it. So, so that's the easy place, scottwozniak.com. And then, yeah, man, I'm, of course, I'm on all most of the big social channels as well, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, all that fun stuff. Usually if you just search Scott Wozniak, Actually, Steve, for fun, yeah. if you search Scott Wozniak, you'll see me yeah. and Scott the Woz, the YouTube video gamer. So I um, saw that. Yes, it's hilarious. So I'm not, I'm not the twenty-some skinny guy talking about video games. Uh, I'm the other Scott Wozniak. Does he I'm have more hair guy. than you too? Or <laughs> yes, he does. But as in, he has some hair. Yeah, some. exactly. Okay, I got you. So those who are, are only listening, uh, <laughs> shiny dome here. So. Um, <laughs> Yeah. So, so the, the bald Scott, that's the one you're yeah. looking for. Yeah, yeah. You can find me just about anywhere. That's right. And we'll, we'll, fantastic. We'll put the link in the show notes too, uh, for yeah. everyone that wants to find it. Scott, thank you, brother. This has been amazing. It was so good to catch up with you again and and just to be, to yeah. invite you into our little world. Um, rumor has it, I might be joining you in your little world in a couple months. So <laughs> Would love that. Come on. Uh, yeah, man. Be a guest uh, on my show. Oh, fantastic. Well, ScottWozniak.com, guys, go there. In the meantime, uh, keep Scott in your prayers. Um, there's there, there's a huge uh, need for what he's doing in the world that he operates in. And so um, do that, embracing brokenness in your prayers. We're all in it together. Blessings to you all. Thanks again, Scott, brother. Appreciate you. This was another episode of the Embracing Brokenness podcast. For more information on Embracing Brokenness Ministries or to subscribe to our blog, podcast, YouTube channel, or engage with us on social media, please visit our website at embracingbrokenness.org. Thanks for joining us.